Well, praise the Lord. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for what God has for us. You know, I, I, I was saying that in prayer, and I just want to share it with you because I just thought it was really good that the Lord showed me is, you know, um, you know, almost as we, we, we say the, the, the towns in this local area, you know, we say, well, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, Cory, of course, is the obvious one because we're, we're in Cory. And, and then there's, uh, you know, Spartansburg. We have people from Spartansburg and, and, and you know, and then all, all the way over to Union City, too, we call that in. Uh, but, you know, uh, when my wife said Sugar Grove, because we do have some people in here from Sugar Grove as well. And, you know, what God, uh, God showed me in an instant there was that because they are here, from another place, that that place is now connected to here. It's connected to this work. And uh, that would go, and I, and I realized this, is that, that that would go to anything, anybody who's connected here. And so uh, what a wonderful thing. You know, we know this in our Mayville church, that there's many people that are connected that aren't even from Mayville. In fact, most of our people come from outside of Mayville. And the Lord showed me a long time ago that it's about platforms of what he does. You know, platforms not meaning it's my platform or your platform, but these are platforms from which we are to go do what, what God has called us to do. And so the platform is his platform, amen. Uh, but we partake of his platform. And aren't you glad that he's given us a platform to partake of? You know, to, uh, uh, um, there, you know, if you've ever seen the show Survivor, I don't know if anyone's ever seen that show, but there's uh, there's this one uh, uh, obstacle or thing that they do on this that they they try to out uh, well, outlast, outwit, and out outplay someone else, you know, and, and they have these little, these poles that they stand on, and literally all they do is they stand on a little edge, uh, like a little board that comes off, and of course their feet hurt, and that's not very fun, and it's not very fun for them, and it's amazing how long they go, but God hasn't just given us a little edge, he's given us a whole platform, amen? He's given us a whole place in our life, a whole a whole promise, you know, some, so many people say, yeah, Jeremiah 29 11 doesn't really, doesn't, doesn't uh, apply to us, right? You know, I've actually heard that a lot, people try to claim that. And, and to that, I just always answer the same thing. I'm like, so you're saying God doesn't have a plan, right? God doesn't have a plan for us. So we're just here by accident. We're just going to, he had a plan for people before, but not us. Like to see, that just doesn't make any sense and it doesn't go with scripture. And so uh, to, to know that he has a plan, knows that, knows that he has a supply. And if, his, if he has a supply, then he's got a place for us to launch that from. And I'm so thankful that God has given us uh, a, a wonderful, uh, a, a precious and wonderful supply. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, tonight's message is called Marked Along the Way. And this is going to be interesting because I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to go yet. I, I just believe God, trust God that it's going to go good. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, uh, this, this came to me in an interesting way. It's really just, an, uh, you know, the message come, messages come all different ways. Uh, but this came kind of unexpectedly as I was just, uh, I was actually in one place to the next. Actually, one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight is waypoint markers. And, and, you know, that's just something that's been coming up in my spirit a lot. And I haven't fully known why. And then all of a sudden, the Lord brought it up in context with this message that I was going to preach tonight. And so, uh, uh, you know, th this is uh, this, this is the platform, or this is what we're we're talking about. Uh, I knew it was for this group of people, and so I'm I'm really excited, rather excited about what we're going to get into. And in 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 some of it, you know, I know some of it, and some of it I don't. So I'm extra excited to see what all of what we get into. Amen. Praise the Lord, but. 
And I do believe it'll be a blessing to us because, you know, so we're talking about our path. You know, if if we haven't figured this out yet, that that really um, each one of us is on a path, right? Salvation is a path. It's not just, you know, it's not just a destination. Um, There is a destination in salvation, but salvation is more than just a destination. Salvation is the path along the way, amen? It's a path that we get to walk out. In fact, the Bible tells us to work out our own salvation. I think we'll get into that later. But, you know, uh, I, I also see it like this, to walk out our own salvation. And I don't think it's a stretch to use that, uh, that, that, uh, uh, that, that term in there. But, you know, it's interesting because I, I always look at the scriptures. I try to look at the scriptures first and foremost uh, as they were written and try to understand them from that place. Because when you understand from that place, then you can draw out from that the principle what God's saying. And then you can take that principle and you can apply it to your own life. Amen? Some people do the uh, do something a little bit differently. Some people just go to the scripture and just try to apply the words to their own life. I used to do this, in fact. And I just don't think it's an effective way of reading scripture. In other words, you know, you take a scripture like, and, and to give you an example of this, you know, um, uh, you know, you, you, you take a commonly uh, used scripture that most Christians can can uh, you, you know they they can quote is uh, 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 Philippians four thirteen, which says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me," and there is truth to that. You know, but a lot of people, you know, that's been put on posters and doilies and all kinds of things and hung on the wall, put on placemats, and people use it for bookmarks, and they maybe even get t-shirts that that say it, and there is a truth to that, but, you know, I can do all the idea of what it's talking about there is not just that I can do anything I want to do through Christ who strengthens me, and so if I come up with some harebrained idea, then that I can do it now because Christ strengthens me. No, in context, that's talking about when we are in God's will, and we are going to do God's will when the opposition comes against us, when the things rise up to try to hinder us, or when the plan before us is greater than what we can accomplish, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because in that place is where Christ strengthens us. Christ is not strengthening people uh, out there in the world that are just doing whatever they want. In fact, I've seen this so many times, and this is a a major major, uh, uh, misunderstanding in Christianity. Uh, I've heard this so many times where people, you know, good-meaning people, well-meaning people, they're telling their, uh, you know, telling their, you know, their grandkids or their children or whatever, you know, just, just if, if you get yourself in trouble, just, just, just pray out to God that he would come help you, you know, and the truth of the matter is, is God does want to help us, but if you're living a life of sin, God isn't going to just come clean up all the mess so you can go out and keep living in sin. That's not the way that the Lord works, and never in the scripture do you see anything even remotely close to that. In fact, we're warned about that kind of thinking. We're told completely the opposite, that we have to live a life for God. But in that, um, for those of us that are, and and I'm not judging anybody in here, I'm just going to assume that you are, and so that you're going to be right on board with what we're preaching here tonight. But, uh, you know, for those of us who are in that place, we can stand on the scripture and say, I know that God will strengthen me. I know that he will help me. And that's what we call faith. See, faith is only something that you can have when you have an assurity of something else. 
And faith can't be had in something you don't know is truth. And you don't know it's truth if you can't found it in Scripture. And so if we find, find when I mean found it in Scripture, I mean, I know you can say, well, you mean find it. No, it's got to be founded in Scripture. Amen? And so, uh, you know, our paths are much like that. But our paths, if you haven't learned in life yet, our path that God has for us, the course that he wants us to walk out, if you haven't realized, I'm just going to give you a little piece of information that will save you a whole lot of pain, suffering, and otherwise confusion, is that you probably won't know what that's all like. You're not going to know everything you're going to do next. In fact, a lot of times I start off not knowing what I'm going to do and end up uh, really surprised at what I did. Amen. And that's just a wonderful thing about God. And, and there's reasons why he doesn't do that, because there's an element of faith that, that comes when we have, to, we have to submit ourselves to the idea that we don't know all that we're going to do. You know, just this afternoon, I had an example of something that I was, I was, I was, I was, I had done something else that was scheduled and I was on my way home to do something else that I had scheduled. And in the meantime, the Lord interrupted that flow and told me to do something else. Now, when I say God told me to do something else, I don't mean that Jesus showed up in my truck. I don't mean that an angel came down from heaven. I don't mean that God himself, uh, God the Father or God the Holy Spirit, popped in there and said, hey, Jeff, you remember me? I want you to do something. It was nothing of that nature, but it was something on the inside of me that all of a sudden I just knew that I had to do. Now, I generally try to live my life in the plan of God the best that I know how. And so that if I'm, if I'm missing it in any area, I don't know that I am. And uh, because of that, God can speak to me and he can show me things. And if you live the same life, then you can, you can believe that God will speak to you and he will show you things. And as I was going, you know, I just really felt an urge to do something. And the way that it came to me was like this, was more or less like this. This is what, you, uh, this, this thing popped into my heart, this is what you should do. And then immediately afterwards, if you don't do it, it uh, if you don't do it, dot, 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 and then there was a feeling. If I don't do it, and the feeling was that I was going to miss God. That's what it was. And I know what it's like to miss God. Have you ever done that? I know what it's like to miss God, and I know how terrible it feels. And not because God is condemning me, but just because I know I didn't please him, and I want to please him. Yeah. And so at any rate, I'm driving, and I decide to, to make a turn and go do the thing that I was going to do. And then I get to the place where I was going to do the thing that I was going to do, and I decide to drive by it because obviously it's crazy that I would do that. You know what I mean? And so I drove on, and I, I kept going. But then that feeling got stronger in me, that you're going to miss me if you don't do this. And I'm like, really, I don't have any specific direction. And this is what I love about the plan of God, is that, you know, the empowerment of God isn't necessarily giving us, uh, isn't necessarily giving us all the perfect things to say in just the perfect way. You know, I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's happened to me gobs of times, where I've been directed to go do something. I, I don't know why I'm on all this, didn't plan on talking about this, but this is the Holy Spirit, amen? Plenty of times I thought that I was on the path to do something that I was supposed to do, Praise the Lord. And, uh, where was I going with that? What did I just say before that? Does anyone remember? I got myself distracted. See, well, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's so important that we, uh, that, 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 we, that we listen for that spirit, that we listen and follow the plan of God, right? And in those, oh, I know what I was going to say. That, that, that sometimes it's not like, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go witness to that person, right? Because it was in your heart. And so when I get there, you're like, and the thing that you fumble with, because you fumble with the same thing probably that I do, is that I'm going to get there and I'm not going to know exactly what to say to them or how to approach this, right? That's the scary aspect of witnessing. 
But you know something is, I've been a pastor now for nine years and a pastor of two churches for, for, for more than half of that. You know, you, you know, one of the things I've learned is that I, I still haven't got the perfect words. I haven't got the perfect, the perfect spiel. I don't have the perfect thing to do, amen? But I have a perfect God. And I know that, and so I rely on him. And so that's, there's that nerve-wracking moment where I get to them. And you know what? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten before somebody and fumbled over my words and stammered and stuttered. But I spoke what I was supposed to speak. I said what I was supposed, supposed to say. And I always believe that it has an effect. Uh, in fact, the one thing I've seen in my life is effect after effect after effect. Not saying that I'm greatly effective. I'm not trying to puff myself up. But I'm just saying I've seen the effect of being ineffective. I'm ineffective in of myself. But in Christ, I can do all things. Right? And so uh, I, I, I ended up circling back around and doing and delivering the message that I was told to deliver. And I believe that it was effective. But the point that I'm trying to make is that God will interrupt our day. He will do things along our way. And our, the path that we have to walk out is found in that place. Now, I originally started with how we look at Scripture. I started talking about that. Realizing that Scripture is literally God dealing with people on the path of their life. And telling them to do different things. And so when we look at the Scripture like that, and we understand that God wants to do that same thing in our lives, then we're going to understand there'll be times where we get it and times where we miss it. But if we're faithful to follow him, if we're faithful to hunger after him, he will mark us in such a way that those things will become markers that we'll always refer to and that we'll come back to. And that's where we get into the idea of waypoints. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a second. But um, I want to start off with what, what the, the, the revelation I had because what I've been talking about wasn't it. Amen. That's the, re, that's the revelation I'm having. <laughs> Glory to God. But it's easy to go forward as we see best in anything. In life, it's easy to go forward as we see best. But it's good to be correctable along the way. It's easy to just think that, that you got it figured out or that you've done it this way so many times so it's got to be the way it's always going to be done. But I find that just about the time I get comfortable with one way, God changes it and makes me do it a different way. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But the best thing that a Christian can do, one of the best things I should say that a Christian can do is be correctable. If you can be correctable, that means you have, carry a, a level of humility that most of the world doesn't have. But you carry a level of humility that God can use you in big ways. God doesn't use powerful people. He, use, he uses people powerfully. Right. Amen? And if we understand that, if we understand that God doesn't use powerful people, then we don't have to be or attain anything. We just have to follow him. Because God isn't going to do it by our ability. You know, it wasn't too long ago that the Lord showed me that about people's plans. Sometimes people overplan their plan. You know what I mean? They get a plan. They say, okay, I'm going to plan it out. I'm going to get it all figured out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they've, they've, taken, they've tried to do God's job. And he isn't happy with that. God's happy as we follow him. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's go ahead and turn to some scripture because I know you want to go there. Proverbs 19.21. Praise the Lord. This is kind of a jumping off point and probably won't spend too much time there. Um, in fact, I debated whether or not to have you even turn there, but it's a good one to turn to and to know. Amen. Proverbs 19.21. Hallelujah. It says, man's plans, are in, um, man's plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Amen. We can have kind, all kinds of plans in our heart, but the counsel of the Lord is what stands. 
You know, my plan this afternoon was to follow my path, to go my day, about my day the way I was going to. And to be honestly, honest with you, this is the interesting thing, and this is what you can learn from it, is that my day was planned well. Not that it was planned fully, it wasn't planned thoroughly, it wasn't like I didn't have like, okay, at this time I'm going to do this, and at this time I'm going to do this. I had one appointment this morning, but, but, but then after that I just knew I was going to spend time before the Lord and just, you know, try to solidify, solidify the weekend's messages and stuff like that. You know, but uh, so my plan wasn't uh, my plan wasn't to specifically to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, anything happen after those things. But but uh, my plan was still it was still kind of the I knew the way my day was going to go or so I thought. But then the Lord interrupted me a part of my day in order to uh, accomplish something else. And really what he had me to accomplish wasn't anything major. It wasn't anything big. I mean, it, it was big in the sense of that it was what God had me to do and it was effective, but it didn't take an abundance of time. It probably didn't take less than five, you know, uh, it took me less than probably five minutes to accomplish all that he wanted me to do. And so it wasn't a real, a real, a real large thing, amen? amen. But uh, the counsel of the Lord is what matters. And that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is the counsel of the Lord. He is our counselor, as is, is some translations uh, uh, call him. So he's our counselor. He is our advocate. He is our standby. He is the one who teaches us. He will lead us into all truth. Glory to God, as Jesus told us in, in John 16, uh, 12 and 13, uh, that he will lead us into the truth of God. And the, and the truth that he leads us into is the truth that he wants us to do, the truth that he wants us to walk out. Now, the, the truth of God, we don't need to be led into the Bible because the Bible is the truth of God. And so it's not to, not to say that the Holy Spirit won't use a word. He always uses a word. But that's not always the truth that he's leading us into. The truth that he's leading us into is what God has for each of us to do. How he wants us to walk out our day. But if we're so wrapped up in what we have had decided that we can't be changed as we go about our business, we're going to miss what God has for us to do. Now, here's the wonderful thing. You can miss what God has for you to do, and you don't have to like, feel like you're going to hell or anything like that. You know, God is gracious. He will forgive you, and if it was something important, he will send somebody else, I believe. But the thing is, is that we, we, we want to learn to be effective when we miss it. And so really this message is a little bit about grace and the idea that, you know, we're going to be talking about the importance of following God, but if you miss that, just be correctable and willing to be able to be redirected. And if you're correctable, willing to be redirected, then truly you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. And he will lead you into the paths of righteousness. Amen? But know this as being important. A man's plans are in a man's heart. But the counsel of the Lord, that's the thing that lasts. That's the thing that matters. That's the thing that stays. That's what stands. Amen? When all else is said and done, whatever man has planned on this earth, whatever great things man can come up with, the Lord's counsel is the thing that is going to remain. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, you wanted to know about this waypoint thing, right? Because I had talked about it. Now, really, the, 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 the phrase that I always think of is waypoint markers. And I don't really know where that phrase entered my life. Uh, but I understand basically what it is. But then I, I just, I, as I do, I like to look up the definition just to be able to present you with something that's, uh, you know, a little bit more intelligible than just the thought in my head, the random thought in my head. Amen. And so I did this, and, and I actually found two separate d definitions, very similar, 
but I thought it was very beautiful how they're both worded. And, and I think once I read them, you're going to understand what, you know, how this goes along with the message. Amen? Or you will as we go on. But a waypoint, definition number one, a waypoint is a location along the route where a direction change takes place. So that's pretty cool, right? A waypoint is a, a, a place a, 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 along a route where direction, takes, uh, direction change takes place. Now, one of the things I love about Google Maps is when I'm using that to get somewhere, I can put in different destinations as a marker point, as a waypoint, and it will, it will redirect me to that place. You know, a lot of times if you ask a GPS or where you're going or, uh, you know, uh, uh, or where to go or something like that, you, you, you know, it's going to take you the fastest route or whatever you plan, you know, maybe the route with uh, less traffic or whatever. But if you put in waypoints, it will take you to that destination. But you know, one of the important things, uh, well, let me say this first before, let me give you the other definition first. A waypoint is a reference point that helps us know where we are and where we're going. I love that. Amen? So what I find is that there's, there's experiences, there's things in life that happen. As we walk this path with a heart towards God, there's things in life that happen that are waypoints that we didn't even plan. Today I had one of those. As I was planning about going about my day, the Lord redirected it and put, sent me to another place. Yeah. But see, if, if you, uh, you can go the fastest route somewhere, but sometimes the fastest route, you miss some of the good stuff along the way. In fact, there was this one uh, video or something I saw, and it was talking about uh, like commonly missed places in this one area because people are on this highway and they don't realize that if they just veered off the highway just a mile, they would see something completely amazing. How many people travel down a highway and have no idea the things that are left or right of the highway? In fact, one of the things I love to do, you know, you all know I have a friend that flies, or most of you do anyways, and sometimes I get to fly with him. And of course, when we fly in his airplanes, it's not near as high, we don't fly near as high as when they do commercially, typically. Uh, about the highest I think that we've gotten in any of his airplanes or maybe, um, maybe nearing 19, or not just his planes, but the planes I've flown with him, you know, maybe 19,000 feet or something like that. Maybe we haven't got that high, I don't know. Or maybe he said that a plane, you know, whatever. But we don't typically go much higher than that. Commercial airlines usually, you know, 40,000 40, plus, uh, uh, you know, feet off the ground. But a lot of times uh, we, we, we would do this thing. Uh, um, I would go with him. He, he would do this thing. It was called a survey. And he would, would survey a pipeline. It was a part of his job. And so what he would do is he'd get in his airplane and he would go up and he'd fly over a, a pipeline from where, a, a gas pipeline or oil pipeline from where it started to basically where it ended. And he would fly that and just look for, you know, any damage, any problems, gas leaks, stuff like that. And he knows how to spot all that. But when you would fly that, you'd fly about 2,000 feet off the ground. Now, when you're 2,000 feet off the ground, if you're 2,000 feet off the ground or 1,000 feet off the ground, you're not going to really know the difference. It, it looks very close to the same. You look close to the ground and you can see a lot of things. But one of the things I like to do when we're flying that, that, that low is that I like to see uh, different areas around where we are. And oftentimes I see things that I didn't know existed. Amen? And that's exactly what God has for us as we're walking out the path of life with him. He has places for us to go. Uh, he has things for us to do, but things he wants to show us along the way. Things that he wants to accomplish along the way. And so if we're open to this, we, 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 we can understand that a waypoint is not the destination, 
but there are often places for us to see, uh, to, to recalculate and see what the destination is, to, to determine are we on the right path or are we on the wrong path? Are we headed in the direction that God wants us to go? And these are all very wonderful things, and they're given to us spiritually. They're given to us in the spirit as we, as we follow him, as we, as we hunger for him, as we uh, rid our lives of more of the natural things and fill up more on the spiritual things, spend time in the word, spend time in church, listening to sermons, you know, praying to God, doing all these different things that we do that are considered spiritual, that God considers spiritual, amen? Now, what's interesting is in John uh, 14, 16, I just want to pull it up for the sake of time. If you want to write it down, go do it later. It's great. Uh, 14, 6, I should say, not 16. Um, it said, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You know, and a lot of times, you know, this is a good funeral type scripture that we use, you know, as pastors, we always go to John 14, 6, you know, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. Nobody gets to the Father except through him. And then we use that in the context of going to heaven. And, and that's absolutely true. There's, there's no getting to God in heaven except through Jesus. But really, that's not what this, the focus of the scripture is. Because if you look at this in context, everything that Jesus is talking about is the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he, you know, what Jesus was doing is referring to the thing that he was accomplishing here on earth. Jesus did not just get us to go to heaven. That is part of what he did, but really it's a very small part of what he did. And why I say small part is not to take importance away from it, but there is a plan and a purpose for us to walk out while we're here. There it is much more, to be a Christian is much more than we are not saved by the things that we do, but we are saved for the things that he wants us to do. Otherwise, he'd whisk us away. We wouldn't be here anymore. We'd have no need to be here. But God wants us to accomplish something as believers. And that accomplishment comes as waypoints throughout the things that we're going to do through our life. And God will use these things to help measure and to give us direction and to help us see where we come from. Oh, I came from here. You know, so many times the Lord will remind me of something special that happened in my life that he did, that he brought me through or to and then from. And, and I'll look back on that moment and I'll say, man, where have we come? How far we've come since then? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, if you're on Facebook, I don't get on there much. My wife is, uh, you know, monitors our Facebook account a little bit more than that. So if you reach out, typically you're going you're gonna to get her if you're, you're talking to somebody on there. But uh, uh, if you're on Facebook, what they have, I think daily, maybe daily, do they have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the moments in history or whatever? Okay, they do. Like, what, what is it called? Is it? Yeah, years ago or something like that, and they show you what happened on, you know, pictures that you posted on this day five years ago or six years ago or whatever. And, and whenever, whenever she does see those, uh, she always likes to share them with me. And we always have, a, you know, usually our kids are involved in it. And usually there's a pouty face that we give for a second because like, oh, you know, why, why do they have to grow up and why do we have to grow up, you know, and all this stuff. And, you, you know, there's those things. But they're also a blessing to us because we get to look back on our life and say, hey, you know, look at, look at where we come from. And man, our kids are doing this now and how wonderful this is and this is the life. Think about all the things that happen between now and then. Sometimes it will be a place that we don't remember that we were. You know, uh, we, I was on the side of our fridge because the front won't hold magnets, magnets, but the side of it will. Or maggots, it won't hold maggots, yeah. But magnets on the side of our fridge, uh, and I was looking at it today, and there was one, it was this coffee shop. And I said to my wife, I was like, where's that coffee shop? Obviously, we picked it up somewhere. 
She said, that was down in Pensacola. And I was like, I, 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 I don't remember. Where was it? She said, what well, was over there? It was like this. She started explaining. I said, I literally have no recollection of being there. She's like, yeah, the people weren't very nice. And I'm like, oh. And then, and then I, she's like, I, I, so I look it up on Google Maps, and I look at the, you know, the street view, and I'm like, oh, yeah, now I remember it. You know, but it's like sometimes there's things like that. There's like, you know, so many things have happened, and we don't even remember. But God has those for us. He has these things that mark our life. And as we go about doing his business, uh, we, we see these things. But he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In other words, nobody's going to get to the Father except the way that Jesus provided. Right. And, and that means that you can't follow your own path, your own plans, your own way, and expect to get there. You can't make up your, you know, if we, this, there's nothing wrong with planning your day, but if your day is so planned that God can't interrupt it, then you're not getting to where the Father has you. And if you're not getting to where the Father has you, you're missing the things that God has for you to do. So many people are looking for the blessing of God. All you have to do is get in his path. Because once you're in his path, you find the blessing because God has already ordained that you would walk into certain things at certain times. And if you follow his plans and his purposes, you will walk into certain things at the right times. They'll be ready for you. They'll be perfect for you. It will be the perfect season for you to get them. But see, so many people are striving after what they can get from God Instead of just following God and letting him bring them into what he has for them. Amen? See, people, there, there's, uh, praise God, hallelujah. You know, we had a conversation the other night. And there was, somebody brought up this point, and I thought it was pretty good. They said, you know, with, uh, with, 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 it seems like there's a lot of guest ministers, not all of them, not everyone, but there's a lot of them. That, uh, that all they preach is about stuff about, uh, you know, what you can get for you and, and how you can be a better you and all of this stuff. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And do we really think that that's the will of God for us to just sit around uh, talking over and over and over again about what we should be able to get for us? Or is it what God has for us to do? But now the other side of it wants to throw out all the blessing of God and say, well, if God wants to bless you, he will. No, God will bless you. He has a plan to bless you. But that plan to bless you is found in his plan for you to walk out. Amen. And he will give you those markers. He'll give you those things that mark your day, that mark your life, that mark your week, your year, or whatever, that will show you, you know, this is, this is you know, you're in the right place or you're off. You're getting off into the wrong direction. But we have to be willing to see that. We have to be willing to be correctable along our path. And you know what I've learned as a pastor? Sometimes the things that the people that I pastor are going to learn, they're going to learn even though I could have told them that they, could, they didn't have to learn it that way. But they still need to learn it. And so my job as a pastor, I've been learning this more and more sometimes, is to just be compassionate and allow people to learn. Yeah. Yep, they'll miss it. But stay correctable. And it doesn't mean that I'll necessarily correct you. Sometimes you'll know the things that God, God will correct you. And, and I, I much prefer it when God corrects people because I hate correcting people. It's the least, my least favorite. In fact, I do everything I can to avoid it. Maybe too much sometimes, to be honest with you. But uh, that's just the way that I am. I don't want to. I've been overcorrected before. And being overcorrected is even worse than being corrected. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I tend to fall on the other side of that a little bit, I know. But that's why we have my wife keep her around, because she's a lot bolder than I am. And she will, you know, listen, like, you, 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 like you, if you, I'll just say this. If you got a counseling meeting and you've done something wrong, I'm just going to tell you right now. That uh, if I bring my wife in, just be prepared because she's the big guns. Like if I bring her, she's going she gonna, to she gonna bring it out. She got, God has given her a special kind of boldness that both 
both scares me and excites me a little bit. I'll just be honest with you. It just it, it, it's it's a little bit uh, it, it's a little bit uh, uh, awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. I'm going to keep it PG. Don't you worry about it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, uh, but you can't get there by your means, by your plans. Everything that the Lord has for us will be found in his. You're in Proverbs uh, 19. Go ahead and turn over to Proverbs 3. These are some, you know, I can't tell you how many, this, this afternoon I was just praying, uh, and, and I just started speaking out these scriptures, you know, just spending some time before the Lord in these scriptures. I mean, I already had them in my sermon, I think, but I, I, I just, you know, it just, they started, I just started saying them. Because these are, these are big scriptures to me. These are very, uh, these are life-altering scriptures to me. Amen. These changed my life. But I believe the Lord led me here. Amen. It says here, um, uh, Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is real important. Do not lean on your own understanding. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I have some... I have this interaction with God in recent times that has been more of a, uh, it's been more common than it ever has before. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's just an experience that I've, I've had with the Lord, but it's, it's, very, it, it's very clear to me. But I always, when, when, it, starts, when it starts going into this, this place, and we should all have a relationship with the Lord, but when it starts going into this place, I often have the thought, but what if it's just my mind? Have you ever had that thought? You see, the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. I said, what if I'm just in my mind? See, I start thinking that way, and possibly you do about certain things too. But then you know what the Lord shows me is that when I start thinking that way, that, that there will be absolutely none of that. He will show me. When I start thinking that maybe it's just me putting on, and literally every time it happens, I, I think that way. I hope that's clear enough. If it's not, but you can kind of get what I'm talking about, I think. But uh, when the Lord deals with me on it, it's like, I, I, I think, am I making it up? And then every time I start thinking about that, it shuts it right down. I can't make it happen. I can't make the direction of the Lord happen. I can't make the things he wants to say to me, if it's real, happen. And so then I have to allow him. And then sometimes I get in my head a little bit more and I get a little bit anxious because like, oh no, don't start thinking that because then you won't hear. But then, you know, you, you know this is like this back and forth in my, in my mind that I go in. That's leaning on my own understanding. And so what I have to do is, is solidify my, I got to trust my, I, I always have to remind myself, trust God. You have to trust the Lord. If he wants to speak to me, he certainly will. And if he wants to speak to me, he'll do so in such a way that, 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 that moves me and speaks to me and, and, and gets it over to me. Because God doesn't speak to us arbitrarily. Now, when I say God speaks to us, again, I'm not saying that a voice has to show up. But if you're hearing voices all the time, we have to have a different conversation. Because God primarily is not speaking through a lot of loud voices in the life of a believer. He's just not going to. I'm not saying he never does. I'm just saying that's not the main way he does. And so if you hear people talking about God says to them, God says to them, you know, take it with a grain of salt a little bit. But, uh, but what they typically mean is that God shared something or showed them something so clearly that it was something uh, that, that, that profoundly changed your life or whatever. But it says, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. First, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I love this because to, to acknowledge the Lord, what it means to is not just say, hey, God is real. God is real. It doesn't go about me to God is real. 
But no, it's acknowledging, trying to keep a heart open to God. Lord, is there something else you would like me to do today? Yeah. Is there something else, a different direction you would like me to go? In fact, to tell you honestly, I didn't even think I'd be able to preach this message tonight. That's how little unction I had in bringing this message. Obviously, I'm getting through it pretty, pretty well. In fact, in, in the idea that I at least have words to speak, and I didn't even have those earlier. Um, and, and quite often that happens when the Lord really wants to get something over to us. Amen? But see, we, we have to acknowledge him. In fact, so much so that I did not. I said, Lord, I believe that this is the message that you have for me to preach to these people. But I am completely open if you have something more that you'd like to say. Something different that you'd like to say. But this is the message that I have prepared, and I don't know how I'm going to get there. See, I got there because I was, I, I was, I was not convinced, not, not, not convinced of the, the scriptures and things like that, because I do believe that it was the unction of the Lord. But I wasn't convinced of myself because I never am. But you never are either, right? Unless you're overconfident, and that's another problem, amen? Again, we could have a conversation about that if you want. But, but the, the, the point that I'm trying to get to is better to be on the side of underconfidence in yourself because it allows him to be very confident. And see, when it comes to that, that's why I, you, you, you might be like, well, that, you know, my pastor, he talks about this kind of stuff all the time. Maybe, maybe he's kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe he's kind of weak. Maybe he's not fit to be it. Well, here's the thing. I keep showing up because I'm confident in him. And that is a testimony to what we're called to do. As we walk this, you see, we keep walking this Christian life because of him, not because of us. We don't keep walking it because everything is working out perfectly the way we see fit. We keep walking it because we know that he's working it all out for the good. Amen? And if we know that, then we know that no matter what bad is against us today, it can't remain. And this is how, my friends, that you walk in victory. You walk in victory by constantly acknowledging him in your life, saying, you know what, this, this is beyond me and that's great. In fact, if you're a person who is self-reliant, you will come to a place, if you follow the Lord, you will come to a place in probably many places where the Lord will insist that you, that you lose that. I, I found that everything that I have put, everything that I have invested my hope in that wasn't God, he, it has cost me that thing. And what I mean cost me that thing is I don't mean that I lose uh, you know, all, it all forever or anything like that. But what it cost me is this. It cost me the place of being able to get my answer there. He has done it every single time. There are so many things in life that I've gotten to the place and gotten to the time where the only one that I could ask is the Lord. And sometimes that's a scary thing as a human because we want to rely on ourselves or, or each other or the knowledge that we gained on our own understanding. But God says, don't worry about any of that. You follow me. Trust in me. I'll acknowledge me. You know how you acknowledge him? Lord, you're, you're Lord of my life. When I say Lord God, I'm not just saying it as something that we say as Christians. I'm saying that you are Lord of my life. That's what it means. That's what it's supposed to mean when everybody confesses that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't mean that, that oh, that, that, that I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. That's not making Jesus your Lord. Accepting Jesus as your Savior is receiving what he's done. But when you say, Jesus, you can have control of my life. You can do with my life what you want to do. That I am no longer belong to me, but I belong to you. That's when Jesus becomes your Lord. 
And when Jesus becomes your Lord, then he can start doing, getting down to business. He can start doing the things that he wants to do. And that's exactly what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to do what he wants to do because he knows that what he wants to do in you is far bigger, far better, far greater than anything that you could possibly come up with. Amen? In fact, the Bible tells us over there in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So maybe you aren't even willing to ask it, but you can think that God's still bigger than it. Amen? Praise the Lord. And I like that I serve a God like that. I love that that God is the Lord of my life. Amen? And as we yield ourselves to him, as we learn to, and I, you know, sometimes people would be like, well, how do, how do we learn to do it? You just start doing it. You start going to God. You start speaking truth. You start speaking God. Say, Lord, I know I have to yield to you. In fact, that's what I'm doing. Yield to me. Show me in which ways I'm wrong. Show me what I need to correct. Show me what I need to fix. Amen. Going about your day. Lord, show me. You want to interrupt my day? Interrupt my day. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. You know what the great thing is? We'll get down on ourselves because maybe at first we weren't willing. Don't get down on yourself about that. I drove by the place where he was sending me once and almost twice. Praise. I mean, drove by. Actually, technically, I drove by it twice, almost three times. And didn't do the thing that he was calling me to do. But I ended up doing it. And he was pleased with that. And I bring that up, not, not as a point of saying, you know, I've done anything great or anything like that, because I didn't want to. What I was realizing in the moment was a weakness of my flesh. And, you know, in, in, the, in the weakness of my flesh was really just because of how I might look when I do it. Have you ever thought about that? Lord, ever spoken to you or, you know, just put on your heart, go tell this person that thing. And you, in your mind, you're just like, they're going to think I'm crazy. Right? Yeah. You ever been there and you think, I don't want to, I don't want to look like I'm crazy. Yeah. But God says do it, so you do it. Yeah. And he's okay with that. And you can just say, hey, I was weak in the flesh again, but I followed through with God. Praise the Lord. And he was good. He came through. Yeah. Amen? There will be things. You know, there's an example. I, I love this example. My wife was in college. She wasn't even a Christian. She didn't know me yet. That's why. But uh, she hadn't met that backslidden Christian that was going to bring her into church, you know, and teach her all about God. Praise the Lord. That didn't happen that way. But, uh, uh, I mean, I was backslidden, and it was because of me that we went to church. But, uh, praise the Lord, she soon took over in that flow, and, and I had to catch up with her faithfulness. Amen. But she was in college. She wasn't, uh, she, she wasn't a believer at all. She didn't know anything about the Lord. And she was in this class, and she remembers that there was this one student. Uh, what was the question that they asked? The professor was, he was trying to stir up trouble because he hated Christians. And what did he say? How do you get to heaven? And there was one, uh, one young woman that stood up, and she stood up, right? And, and said, she said, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, or something of that nature. And all the class, there was jeers and like boos, and everybody was against her. But she stood there in that moment and took all that, but she, she stood up. Now, that, that young woman has no idea how profoundly that that affected her because my wife has never forgotten it. She never forgot it. It spoke to her in the, that moment, even though she was an atheist. Yeah. Amen? And you think about that. So, so often in life, those little things, and that was a little thing. That, 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 well, she might be a little bit older now, but that young, uh, young woman probably had no idea and will never this side of heaven have any idea the profound impact that one phrase, one, one willingness to stand up when it was uncomfortable, one willingness to say the thing that she needed to say when it was uncomfortable has no idea how much it profoundly affected her. And go ahead. 
Did you, I don't know if you heard that, and if you didn't, I'll repeat it. Uh, the Lord showed my wife that when we started pastoring in Mayville, that that, that that young woman did was a seed that was planted in her life that helped her get to that place. Now, you know, Apostle Paul talked about this. Uh, he said, one planted, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase, you know. Uh, he was in another place, he said, what are we but ministers who have brought to you the gospel? You know, the, the whole idea being that, that there will be things that each of us do. Sometimes you will never reap on this side of heaven the, 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 uh, the, the, the fruit of the seeds that you plant. But see, if you are willing to go with God, you're willing to let God interrupt your day, you're willing to let God use you in some, uh, some simple way, glory to God, that he will use you in ways. And now you look at this, my wife, you know, if, if I were to be completely taken off the scene, like, you know, if I, if I just went home to be with the Lord right now, and my wife was left alone, she could pastor both of these churches with, 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 all, uh, with all the ability, you know. And, of course, you know, if you've ever heard her preach, that she's a dynamic minister and preacher of the gospel and, and, and you know, loves people, uh, a, a great asset to the body of Christ. Every person that she affects is also accounted to that young woman who stood up that day. And so you see, there's, there's so many things. We, we, we think they're mundane, but they're not. And if we're willing to allow God to interrupt our day, it's amazing the things that we'll get into. I want to pull this up because uh, I'm going to try to get into some other stuff. Caleb, uh, go, go ahead and just pull up Hebrews 11, 8, and 9. We're not going to go, we're not, I'm not going to have you turn there. Again, if you want, just uh, you know, write down the reference and look at it later. But it says here, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I love that scripture. Abraham went not knowing where he was going. He went out by faith. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Now if you didn't remember, Abraham was promised a land flowing with milk and honey, right? He was promised something great. He was promised a people, an inheritance, a nation, in fact. He was promised all this. And, of course, we understand that this seed has grown into a wonderful and huge thing that, 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 that it will endure for, throughout all eternity. Glory to God, this thing that God was doing in his life. But Abraham didn't know that. And certainly when he was out living in tents, he wasn't seeing a city. In fact, it, uh, he, it goes on to say there, uh, can you pull up the next scripture, verse 10? I think it's verse 10. Yeah, for he was looking for the city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. So he was looking for something that didn't even exist. But he knew his God. He trusted God. And by faith he went out. So I'm saying to you folks, what, what is this message really all about? It's about this idea that, that when, we, when we take that first, you know, that first uh, conscious breath in the morning, when we wake up into our day, do you understand that there, there, that there is a path that God has for you to walk out, to accomplish, that there could be waypoints along this day, that there are things that God will use to affect other people's days and make waypoints in their lives. There are things that God wants to do in us today. And if we, if we approach the day, all days like that in faith, you'll be amazed what, what you'll see what the Lord will do. So many people are waiting for God to do something, and that's the problem. They're waiting for God to do something instead of waking up ready to be used for God today. What does God want to use you in now? 
When, when, you, when, you're, having a, when, when you're having a moment throughout the day, what, what is God trying to use you in? to affect today. And the thing is about this is you may go days and have no answer. You may go weeks and have no answer, no direction. You may go months and have no direction, but then there'll be that moment where God says, interrupt yourself and what you're doing and go over here and do this. Say this thing. And you're going to argue in your head, but Lord, because you're not going to be ready for it sometimes because we never are. Because, you know, we live this life just like, it's easy to live it. We go to work, we, go to, we come home, we, you know, fix dinner, we fix whatever, you, you fix the house, you, you do the things you're going to do, you watch a little TV in the night, at night, and then you go to bed, and you do the same thing all over again. You know, it's just like, you know, we, we're talking about this, uh, you, you, you know, with, with, with traditions. And I'm not against traditions, traditions are good, but never allow traditions to usurp God in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. We never allow traditions to, to be bigger than God in our life. We never allow the thing that we were doing to be bigger than what God wants to do. Because when we've done that, all we've become is another dead denomination, another dead religion that, that just is never doing anything for God. See, God wants to use us continually. He's never, uh, never ended his, his, his uh, effects of revival, so to speak. When God has poured himself out on some group of people and they've, they've become and done something, amen? Praise the Lord. Now, just in case you, just in case you didn't, uh, you, you haven't believed me yet and thought that this is a way that things could be, I want to take you to some scriptures that really mean a lot to me. And, and these scriptures mean a lot to me because of, of the things that God accomplished in mundane, everyday occurrences. Amen? Turn me to Acts 16. You know, so I love the book of Acts, and I'm going to tell you why. The Acts, you know, sometimes the book of Acts is called the Acts of, of the Apostles. You know, we know it's the Acts of the early church and all these things that they're doing and stuff. But you know, really what I see uh, pronounced when you read through the book of Acts is I see this, this, this young, uh, uh, newly created church that had some direction, but certainly not knowing all the direction. And you see them go at life with, the, with, the, with what they had in them already. The faith that they had that Jesus was Lord and that he had died for their sins, and that he, had was, that he had filled them and would direct them by the Holy Spirit. They approach life just like that. And you know what's interesting is the book of Acts, if you read through the book of Acts, the book of Acts just kind of stops. It doesn't really seem like it, it, it really has an ending. You know, a lot of the different books of the Bible and the New Testament, they have kind of a sign-off, you know, and this, we'll see you later. But it really wasn't that way in Acts. And there's a lot of scholars that kind of look at that and they believe that the book of Acts really hasn't ever stopped. And what that means is that the acts of the church never stop, that we continue walking out this plan of God that, that he started 2,000 years ago. And, and really, if you think about it, it only makes sense because nowhere are we really told that, that, that it has stopped. We're just told to continue to pick up, to learn from them, and to continue on with whatever the, the Spirit leads us to do. And, and sometimes that seems confusing, but it's really not if you think about what God was really doing. He started his church and filled his church and then sent his church out, he provided for his church, 
And he just said, continue being the church. Continue doing the thing that we're supposed to do. And you know what, for me as a pastor uh, and somebody who's grown, wanted to grow more and deeper into the things of God and to know deeper things about God, things that you know, only certain people have, 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 have touched. And sometimes you hear people talk and they're, and they're like, man, that's way above me. But you know what I've learned is that it doesn't have to be all complicated like that. That following God has not got to be this thing that, that, that's so difficult for us that we're just never going to attain it. But rather it's this thing that we walk out daily. That if we just live with a heart that acknowledges God, a life that acknowledges God, as, as we keep our focus on Him and say, Lord, you know, I'm, maybe I did it bad all week long, but today, today I feel like I can, and today is the day when I'll be open to, to doing the thing finally that you've been trying to get over. So even if I have been ignoring you, and I'm sorry about that, today use me. See, that's the thing is that the, the, these acts, these great acts can start in imperfect people at any point in time. Glory to God. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. We see this book that never ends, that it's just, it started and then it just keeps going and it keeps going. And then really, when you look at the epistles that come after that, the different letters to the churches, they're all just a continuation of the Acts. Are they any less Acts of the apostles or the disciples than the ones that we see in Acts? Was not, you know, is it in Corinthians where you find out, the, the letters to the Corinthians, that you find out about uh, uh, different things about what Paul did in different churches and different, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, or, or, or just the various places you, you see these things walked out. Yeah. Glory to God. And such wonderful vision. But here what we see, um, it, one, of, one of my favorite books of the Bible, and it's just my favorite, I don't know why I'm drawn to it so much, but it's just one I love is the book of, uh, it's a small book, but it's Philippians. I just think there's such wonderful things taught to us in Philippians. There is throughout the whole Bible, you know that. But there's just things that, you, you know what I'm talking about. There's like, you know, just like you have a favorite kid if you have more than one kid. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say who mine is, but, uh, uh, you, you, you know, uh, and that's a joke. But, uh, you know, there, there are certain books that you're, uh, uh, like I, I see certain kids just knowing that it's them, right? <laughs> even for their own, the, you know, other households and stuff. Praise the Lord. Uh, glory to God. But uh, I just love the book of Philippians because there's such wonderful things. There were some people that, were, that had such odds against them, so many things that were working against them, but God did such powerful things in their midst. And this is really what's happening here. This is when Paul is going into Philippi. Um, praise the Lord. Well, I found the beginning of Acts. I didn't find Acts 16. No. Acts 16, verse 6. Hallelujah. And it says here, um, we're going to read through verse 12. It says, they passed through the, uh, they passed through the uh, Phrygian and Galatian regions, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So what you see is you see these people going, right? Now, you could argue that they wanted to go to Asia because why, uh, why would the Holy Spirit forbid them to go somewhere where they weren't going to go? But even if, the, if that's not the case, it doesn't really matter. But you see them walking, you, you see them walking it out. Um, praise the Lord. And after they came to Mycia, they were trying to go to Bithynia. And the spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So now even if you didn't see that before, what I just said, you can see it here because it says it outright. They were trying to go to Bithynia, Right? Um, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So these are just people going about their day. 
They're going about their, they're living for the Lord, but they're going about their life. They're walking it out. Now, folks, you got, you got to understand, somewhere in here, they went to the grocery store. Somewhere in here, they went to whatever Walmart was in that time, right? Somewhere in here, they, 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 they were going to stop and, and take a nap. Somewhere in here, they had to eat. Somewhere in here, they, they had to, uh, you know, you, you know uh, probably take a shower or to fix something or to do whatever they had to do in their day. But somewhere in this, this, this going about, they were living life. That's all that this is. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, in, passing, uh, in passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to, uh, I, I don't know how to say that. And on the day uh, following to Neapo uh, Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is, the leading is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in the city for some days. And of course, out of this trip is where we get this wonderful book of, uh, uh, of the letter to the Philippians. And... Of course, I quoted it earlier. You know, that's where we get wonderful scripture like Philippians 4.13, where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many are glad for that revelation? And we get another really one, a few, a few scriptures later in 419, I could, uh, that, that my God shall supply all, my, all your needs according to uh, his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You know, we understand about the Philippians that they that they gave out of a place of poverty. The uh, you know that they that, that here there's all these wonderful things that God was doing there. Um, actually, we're going to go to Philippians here in a few minutes, so I don't want to. Uh, but it's another awesome one, another one of these awesome scriptures that we we turn to and we love and and we get that revelation because of this trip that happened on some random day in some random place where they tried to go one place. And the Spirit interrupted their day and said, no, instead go here. And, and folks, if we would just learn to live this way, with this desire, that knowing that maybe not every day God's going to do something miraculous, but certainly one day he will. If we learn to live every day with an openness to the, the Spirit leading us to where we're going to go, not every day is going to be roller coasters in Disneyland. There's not many roller coasters at Disneyland, so if you're big into roller coasters, don't go there. Amen. But, uh, you, you know, um, praise the Lord. But, uh, you, you know, uh, it, not every day is necessarily excitement, but every day is important. And the way that we approach that day is. And the way that we allow ourselves to be corrected in that day is also equally as important. Praise the Lord. See, this scripture, these scriptures really reveal to us trial and error. Sometimes they just, they didn't know for sure. They didn't get that leading for sure. So they started going in a direction and the Holy Spirit just, no. And then other times somebody got the direction. Paul had a vision. Not everybody had the vision, but Paul did. And the other said, let's go. Amen. So whether, whether it's time to, to, to say no or the time to go, it doesn't really matter. The time is just to listen for what God wants to do. And it's amazing the things that God will accomplish in your life. You know, really, when, 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 if you understood how this church got here, it's absolutely outstanding and amazing how God got this work here. 
And if you know the history that God put in here, in fact, oh, praise the Lord, it, it, there's so many wonderful things that God did to get this church here. There's so much opposition. And if you understood how just basic of a day, even the getting in this building, we were just driving, happened to run across this building, and there was something about it that drew us to it. And we said, there's no way. And so we went on to do other things. And the Lord led us back here to do this. And this building represents what God wants to do in this area. That's what it is. So regardless of what it is, you know, it's like, you know, God, why would you have me buy that building? It didn't make any sense to take a new church, a fledgling church, a church that was so, you know, not guaranteed anything, and to go buy a building, especially not this one when we were going to buy one that was like a third of the price. Amen? But that's what God had. And we didn't know at that time, we didn't know what God had done to bring this building to come to, to, to be here, amen? And now we reap the benefits of that, and we will more so as we go. But all these things, just because somebody allowed their day to be interrupted, amen? I want to close with these scriptures over in Philippians 2, uh, verses 12 and 13. Paul says here to the, the Philippians, he said, so, so then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now I've seen a lot of Christians, but there's two ways that Christians live. There's Christians that live being used by God, and there's Christians that live being used by their own heart. It's up to you to decide what you want to do. And I'm not saying that anybody here is necessarily good or bad. I'm not saying any of that. That's not the point. The point is to stir you along those lines and say, you know, regardless of where you've been, you know, you, you, you know where you've been, but you know what your future can be. And so this message, I'm, I'm just going to present to you. I didn't see it this way until this moment. But this message is a waypoint marker for you to look at your life and say, you know, where are we? Where am I? Am, am I on that path? And if I'm not, then I just start heading off onto that path. If it's, you know, if, if, if what I want is after God, then I got to head in that direction if I'm not. Yeah. Or maybe you're just going to look at it and say, yep, I'm in the right place, I'm at the right time, and this is what we're supposed to be doing. And maybe that's solidified more. Either way, it doesn't matter. Whatever the outcome of, of, of the realization doesn't matter as much as that you have the realization that God is at work within you and wants to be even more so. So as we go forward, folks, let's go forward in faith, in full assurance of him, acknowledging Christ in everything that we do. Lord, you are Lord of my life. Take me and do with it what you want to do. Amen.